0: Good morning, I'm Joanna Roach and you're listening to The Nature of Nantucket brought to you by the Mariah Mitchell Association. Today I am here with Dan Drake, who many of our listeners will know. Dan was formerly the president of the board at the Mariah Mitchell Association and is currently the president of the board at the Linda Loring Association Nature Foundation. So Dan, welcome and thank you for being here.
1: Thank you Joanna, glad to participate. Um,
0: yeah, I'm really excited to just ask you some questions about, I think, let's start with the fact that you are a relative or a descendant of Mariah Mitchell.
1: I'm not a descendant. She was never married, and to my knowledge, never had any children. Well, okay. My, my great-grandmother was Mariah Mitchell's first cousin.
0: Okay. That's exactly what I was going for. So can we just explain sort of that lineage back?
1: Well, um, William Mitchell was Mariah's father. Right. His younger brother was named Peelig Mitchell. And Peelig Mitchell was, I guess, my great great grandfather. My great grandmother, Lydia Hinchman, Lydia Mitchell Hinchman, was uh, Peelig's daughter. Daughter. Okay.
0: So she, so how many generations then? Were three generations removed? Four generations? Three. Three. Well,
1: one, two, three, I guess.
0: Yeah, and how many sort of extended relatives do you have under that umbrella?
1: A bunch. <laughs> I don't know the full total. I would guess there are at least forty, maybe more.
0: And do any of them currently live on Nantucket?
1: No, nope. Just I'm, you. I'm the only one. Only one. Okay.
0: And do you think that it's been your experience that all of them have felt connected to the family and to sort of the legacy? And and how have you contributed or taught your relatives about that significance?
1: Well, I think all of them, I'm I'm the youngest of eight siblings, and I think almost all of them have contributed to their descendants' knowledge. And occasionally, I will get involved, but not very often. As far as the other branches of the family, uh, I can only speak to one other branch where I know that the, the current generations knows a fair amount about Mariah Mitchell because their, their grandfather, I guess, yes, grandfather was um, Charles Hinchman, who was Lydia Mitchell Hinchman's son. Who actually owned what is now the Hinchman House at the, and gave it to the association?
0: Yes, wow, okay. And I know that there are still maybe some family heirlooms in your in your collection.
1: A few, not not many, really. But uh, I think most of the Mitchell heirlooms went to other. I mean, obviously, my family is a big family, so they're pr- things like that were pretty widely spread. Um. The most interesting is that blanket that uh, my uh, sister-in-law or my niece uh, donated to the mariah mitchell a couple of years ago which is a blanket that started in uh, i think around 1740 and was given to the oldest female descendant in the line and one of them happened to be mariah mitchell and then because ultimately my mother was the only was the oldest female descendant of the subsequent generations? Uh, she ended up with it, and it then went to her—not her oldest granddaughter, because her oldest granddaughter didn't have any daughters—but went to the next granddaughter, who has a uh, has a daughter. But my niece, that niece, decided to give the blanket to the. Uh, Mariah Mitchell, and actually her daughter, who would have had it and actually did not know it had been given, uh, <laughs> was uh, on the island this fall and, and visited the Mitchell house and saw the blanket. That's
0: great. That's great. That's a great story. Thanks, Dan.
1: And the blanket's <laughs> kind of unique. I might just add the blanket's kind of unique because it has the name of each recipient sewn into the tape around the edge of the blanket.
0: Wow. Wow. Very special. And so in terms of your involvement with the Mariah Mitchell Association, when did you become involved or interested or supportive?
1: Well, I first became involved as a little kid and I went to nature classes. My my parents were involved. My father was, I guess he was president for a while. Um, he was certainly involved uh, for most of his life, he wrote a history of the first fifty years of the Mariah Mitchell Association, and um, I mean, it's just sort of in my, been in my blood. And when I was a, as an adult, I first got involved as a member of the finance committee, and then moved on to treasurer, and eventually to president.
0: Yeah, and then how did you become interested in Linda Loring? <laughs> That's kind a of long, similar, that, right? That's
1: <laughs> a long that's a long story. I don't think you want to take up your 20 minutes for that, but it's uh uh I I mean Linda was up we live out in, off the Warren's Landing Road, Linda was obviously a neighbor. Um I didn't really know her terribly well until I was uh involved as president of the Ryan Mitchell Association. And at that time in the late nineties, all of the all of the uh conservation organizations on the island were making a play for linda's land linda did not have any uh, a husband or any descendants at that point point. and so um i first got to know her in the late 90s when we went and we visited with her and we we sort of hit it off although i won't go into the details we had an altercation and she got quite not an altercation but i pointed some fact out to her about her new foundation that she didn't want to hear so I didn't hear from her for several years after that. Um, and then um, when the idea of the of the land council buying her uh, conservation easement on her property came up, I happened to be involved with a weekly newspa- short-lived weekly newspaper on Nantucket and wrote a column for that paper and advocated for the uh, for the conservation easement and it ultimately happened and uh thankfully yes thankfully i mean i know she tried she was in fairly heavy negotiations with the land bank back then but the uh that sale fell through on the fact that she did not want any deer hunting on the property and the fellows and, then, and the good old God boys who were in charge of the land bank would not agree to a restriction on, on hunting on the property so that killed that deal off I don't know what else she may have talked about but uh, <laughs> so she set up the foundation uh, back in the um, again in 1998 I think it was or 99 and um, I mean she said sort of a vision but she didn't really know what the vision was um, and it's gradually played out over the years into what has turned out to be a very, um, hopefully, a very meaningful effort, preservation of that land and learning from the land. That's right.
0: And how long have you been board president for Linda Loring?
1: I have been president of, from Linda Loring since about, well, I had it one term and then I got kicked off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And then she came back to me. I've been involved for, I guess, about uh, 12 years, one way or another.
0: Yeah. And where do you see sort of the future
1: going? Of what?
0: Of I, I think the Linda Loring Foundation, I would love to talk a little bit about that. And then I'd like to just generally talk about the things that have been changing on Nantucket.
1: Well, I think, again, I think... The Linda Loring Nature Foundation went through a strategic planning process a couple of years ago uh, where we determined that our mission really was education and research based on the wonderful piece of land that we received from Linda. Before we got the land at her, at her death, uh, we really wasn't weren't quite sure what our mission was going to be because we didn't know what was going to happen when she died. She never told us. And so, at that point, we we embarked on um, this effort, and we're you know we are hoping at some point to build a new building out there. But we're you know there when some when you're dealing with an estate, the there are all kinds of issues that have to be dealt with, and and uh, you have the added complication in Massachusetts of the land court which puts another layer of, of delay. And and so technically, we don't own the land yet that she gave us. Um, you know, one one level of the legalities we do, at another level, we don't. So anyway, that's probably enough of that.
0: Got it. And so, you know, having been involved in sort of these nonprofits that have been largely focused on science and research and conservation and, and really nurturing the message of connection to nature. How do you feel and what do you see about Nantucket right now? Like,
1: where are we going? Well, Nantucket has been tremendously fortunate to uh, have as much land as it has dedicated to conservation. I think there are arguments that there's at some point it's too much. Whether that point is already passed or not, people will disagree on it. Um, but but be that as it may, we are very fortunate to have all all this land, and and it's used for many different purposes. I think, other than maybe the conservation foundation, we're unique in not in 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 you know basically living off the land that we have here in the sense of using it to to nurture our our. Uh, resources and 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 focus on particular things uh which if we didn't have the land we would not be able to to pinpoint exactly how we wanted to to go forward i think and uh, you know we've made a decision we don't want to be a nature center we don't want to be you know while we want people to know and enjoy the property we don't want it to become a playground so to speak and um, I think that is something that uh, is, is really important for Nantucket. I mean, we love to have other groups come and use it, but we don't wanna, want, don't want to abuse it, if you will. Um, and I think there's some danger of that happening in some of the other properties on Nantucket. And uh, so we're, we're trying we're fortunate and that we're very focused on one piece of land, which is a very special piece of land. And, you know, there are issues that we can deal with here that, that uh, are, are important to the island as a whole in, in the sense of, of uh, you know, things like the impact of climate change and rising sea levels. Because being on having a, a significant frontage on Long Pond, uh, people may not realize it, but it is tied to the ocean through Matica Ditch. And so there are tides in Tucket in the uh, Long Pond and there are our um, consequences of big the bigger storms that we've been having or that are happening around us. And uh, we are setting ourselves up a bit of as a bit of a laboratory for dealing with those issues and then coastal resilience.
0: Excellent. Yep, I agree with you. And in your years on Nantucket, you know how how do you see us faring in terms of preservation,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, if if radio could talk, it would have bred my face. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I think it's uh, you know obviously the world changes. You can't you can't exactly stay where where you were, uh, and um, but. You know, I think some of the things that are being talked about now are really important to the future of the island and its character. I mean, there are many aspects of Nantucket's character. It's not just Main Street, or it's not just the beaches, or it's uh, not, uh, you know, the Pops on, on the 4th of July. It's uh, every area has something special about it and to the extent that and and the community has something special to it and to the extent those that get degraded uh are problems and you know we haven't shown ourselves as being very good at facing up to those problems and dealing with them hopefully some of the proposals that are coming up will help with that but uh, it's uh, it, it's not an easy road ahead for nantucket
0: yes i would agree with you i mean do you have like two or three things that you think are important for people to consider
1: or or do
0: you have um ideas about ways in which we i don't
1: don't have any very good ideas but the uh, the the thing that's the most important i think is the housing situation Um, somebody's got to be bite the bullet and be very forceful and not just say no because that doesn't work and come up with some proposal that people can buy into you know there has to be housing for the community who support not only the people who are coming in and and uh, paying a lot of money to rent houses but also to support the merchants and everybody who's out there who has uh, needs staff need uh, to uh, again assure the character of Nantucket going forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think that um, most people would agree that, you know, the housing situation is critical in nature and definitely needs
1: some. I think it's a, I think it's more than critical. I think it's at a crisis point. Crisis point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In terms of your connection to
1: nature on Nantucket,
0: what are some of your favorite places that you like to be or, or like to go?
1: Well, I love the beach. I mean, I, I used to go to the beach all the time. I don't now because of certain physical limitations, but um, I love the beach. We used to go play in the state forest a lot when I was a kid, and that was quite a special place then. I'm not so sure it is now. Uh, I Frankly, I haven't been in a while, and, and I know it's changed. Um, and part of it is it's not maintained. Um, and, uh, you know, but then there there are all kinds of places that are special on, on this island, whether it be uh, the woods, some of the woods, some of the uh, uh, trails that have been made, uh, all make it, all, all com- uh, combined to make it really, really special. Yeah,
0: that's true. So what's your favorite beach, Dan?
1: I like. I'm a little bit biased towards Mattock Beach. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Best sunset maybe on the island. <laughs> uh,
1: I joke because you know we. I took a picture of the, a couple of years ago of the sunset from Mattock Beach in February, and there wasn't another soul on the beach. And I sent it out to some friends, and I said, "This is what Nantucket used to be like." Seriously, I'd go. We'd go to the beach in the summer, and there'd be nobody there. Yeah or a picnic or something, you know, late, late in the afternoon, early evening.
0: Mm -hmm. There are are still some places you can go in July and August and see no one, but I I think you're right. They're probably few and far between Mm -hmm. at this point in time. Yeah. Do you have any stories that you might want to share about your time at Mariah Mitchell or things that stand out to you as memorable?
1: Um, well, there are there are a number of things that stand out. One of them was the one of them. I mean, it's silly, but it you know was a pain in the neck when it happened. The, the bees in the roof of the library that were threatening a neighbor, according to her. Um, no, I mean I think the Mariah Mitchell is is a very special place to to. Uh, I mean, certainly to me, but to the island, I think it's in a way it's a pity that more people aren't uh as tuned into it as perhaps would be nice um but um i mean i think it's it's evolved over the years like everything else um it's it's uh, become a a much um a more vibrant organization i used to be pretty sleepy frankly um and uh so you know it's 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 a good place it's a good part of the fabric of the island
0: Thank you. And we appreciate you, Dan, and your family for all of the contributions and service that you have given to the association. And I thank you for joining us today. And if you have been listening, I'm Joanna Roach. You're listening to The Nature of Nantucket. I've been speaking with Dan Drake. And have a great day. Thanks. Thanks.